welcome to today's podcast. It's about 140. Tuesday, October 12th. I gotta reiterate to you again. Um, doing this show alone is I'm not gonna say not fun, but it's very hard. I've always been complimentary to a fault to uh, any radio host, specifically radio hosts, because they have the biggest audiences. Broadcasting. Podcasting? Broadcasting. Um, I'll even be complimentary of Rush Limbaugh, who used, um, who used hate as his ally and so many people as a punching bag. And we're going to get into part of that in just a couple of minutes. I actually do want to keep today kind of quick. And hopefully uh, in three hours I'll be able to uh, spend some time not alone with Janet Amid. It seems like we get Janet every other week. And I know there's a lot going on. And maybe that's why this is uh, harder than usual for me to do this alone because I have been in a little bit of a funk the last couple of days. Maybe it's because Alex has been busy. I haven't been able to talk to my best friend. People have been welcomed back to the studios here at work and that's very weird. Like these people have been gone for a year and a half and these are people that I know pretty well. I see on emails, I hear on calls and they just come right back in. It's like somebody's in my space. So, I'll, uh, I'll climb out of this funk in the coming days or so. Um, things to get into, I kind of laughed a little bit at, um, at what she said and what she's doing and who might have been offended even though we can't prove it. Um, some job stuff. And let me do a, a local thing real fast because there isn't much local that I want to share with you other than there are still, th- there appears to be still $5 general admission tickets available for the Walleye's only home game at the Huntington Center coming up Saturday night against, they have a home and home Friday and Saturday with Kalamazoo. Uh, it's a preseason game, an exhibition game, and then the Walleye are not home again until the first weekend of November or so. So go enjoy the Haunted Art Loop. And then pop over and watch some hockey at the Huntington Center for the first time in like 18 months. I feel like I've been saying 18 months for the last three months, but now we're actually at the 18-month mark. What do I want to start with? Oh, the local thing. Uh, I guess uh, Katie Moline, who is running for re-election in city council, and I think she brings up a totally valid point. She was not thrilled that the mayor kind of jumped the gun a little bit, saying we are going to take $40 million of that $180 million that we're getting from the American Rescue Plan and put it towards kids and their activities. I think we we have kept coming back to um, keeping kids busy to keep them out of trouble and neighborhoods with all that money and how we can... Uh, how we can reduce crime and get people out of certain bad situations that maybe they somewhat brought on themselves. Maybe they were systemic issues and they just got stuck in this vortex of where they grew up and they, they're entitled to a better neighborhood too. take care of it. When we get it to you take pride in it. Um, but I guess Katie's not real through Katie's Katie's the accountant on, on city council. And I, I, I voted for her. I hope she gets reelected. She seems like a, a good human being and people that I know like her a lot. That's good enough for me. Uh, Katie's not thrilled that the that, that Wade has already basically spent that money without Katie, be, the accountant, being able to go through the fine print of seeing if they can spend that much and on that. So um, that's basically the story. He'll announce he has a press conference tomorrow to, I guess, pass along more details. And we'll see if Katie and others have a response. And I get Katie's point. We, we, we all want this to go towards kids and neighborhoods. Um, it's the best thing for everybody. 
uh, for so many. Because nobody wants lousy neighborhoods in our city. Um, even if you don't live in them, you don't want them because that means that it's more likely you'll turn on the news and hear bad things happening. So that's tomorrow. Um, I've told you that I've enjoyed a couple of and repeatedly listened to. Um, if you go into Apple Podcasts and search Yale or like Yale Courses, you will get, lo and behold, Yale Courses. There is one, a Civil War one, from Professor David Blight, who might be the preeminent Civil War historian of our time. There may be no white man or human being that knows Frederick Douglass' history better. He's a foremost thinker and writer and historian on a great man in our history. Um, So I've listened to his Civil War course several times. Sometimes I've used it to help me kind of calm me down and go to sleep. The way he presents and lectures. Like I've told you before, he transports me to these times, to these battlefields, to the places where these, these... Awful things were happening in our history and in these courthouses and in these state houses. Uh, I landed on another one. What's her name? Joanne. She didn't respond to a tweet of mine, so I kind of wrote her off. She's got 50,000 followers. Ugh, who do you think you are? Uh, another great historian. She is an American revolutionary, American revolution expert. And while I was listening to that, and it's amazing how opposite her presentation is to Professor Blight's. Um, uh, Professor Joanne Freeman, she is genial and charismatic and always smiling and giggling. Professor David Blight does not giggle. He drops an F-bomb every now and then, even some N-words, considering the, the, the discourse of what he's lecturing on. But just totally opposite people, both equally enjoyable. Um, but amid listening to uh, her, and I, I have not studied much or learned much more than I ever had to about the American Revolution and it was it was an interesting listen. It had me thinking because she quite often referenced the French Revolution um, which was happening around the same time as the American Revolution and if you're like, of course it was, Eric, don't you know this? Well, I, the 18th century is not my uh, American history Forte. It's 19th century. It's like 1850 and on. Civil War. How we got there. Reconstruction. How terrible President Andrew Johnson was. Um, the Gilded Age that happened, which was the beginning of where we are now in late stage capitalism. But 19th, 18th century? Ah, I need some help. Um, but I finally was able to dig into some French Revolution stuff. And revolutions, they, they kind of, like now. There were a lot of populist movements. Like we got a lot of uh, leaders who were running like Donald Trump in other countries. Populism was taking over. So um, the causes of the French Revolution, according to, uh, and by the way, this takes me back to, I think it was Mr. Boyd's 10th grade European history class. He dictated, we wrote every single word. We all went through notebooks and notebooks. It was painful. He was an okay storyteller. I don't remember being completely bored. Maybe it's because we had to write. And I don't even know why we had to write. Maybe because if you didn't, you'd miss stuff and you'd be out of luck for decent grades. So the trade-off, though, was he kept giving the same tests year after year. So... (laughs) So the 10th grade that was now in 11th grade, when we were in 10th grade, 
gave us the answers to the test he had been giving year after year after year. And we all had to huddle up before class and go, now everybody's got to get different wrong answers, okay? Because if we all get the same wrong answers, the jig is up. Anyway, in uh, Mr. Boyd's European history class, we spent a lot of time in the French Revolution. Tell me if this reminds you of anything from, I don't know, right now. And those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And some things are really, like, we're human beings. And we, we function similarly, even though a couple hundred years ago, there was no internet. There was no cars. And so many things have changed, yet so many things within human behavior stay the same. This could be 100% accurate for where and how we are living right now. And I did not take the time to pull up another quote, but uh, what was it? Um, This is a quote I have saved in my phone as a picture. Something along the lines of, in democracy, there will always be inequality. Too much inequality, and democracy becomes civil war. That's a pretty good paraphrasing. Causes of the uh, French Revolution, anyway, the under, and this is from Wikipedia, the underlying causes of the French Revolution are generally seen as arising from the failure of ancient regime, I don't know, something French, to manage social and economic inequality. I'll read that again. The underlying causes of the French Revolution are generally seen as arising from the failure to manage social and economic inequality. Rapid population growth and the inability to adequately finance government debt result in an economic depression, unemployment, and high food prices. Inflation. Uh, Combined with a regressive tax system, I had to look into that, uh, where they tax poor people more, uh, a larger percentage than they're taxing the rich, that would then taxing the rich would be a progressive tax. Combined combined with a uh, regressive tax system and resistance to reform by the ruling elite, and it resulted in a crisis where Louis the, let's go with 16th, proved unable to manage, I think he's the guy that lost his head. Look at that. Social and economic inequality, government debt, economic depression, unemployment, high food prices. I'm not trying to sound any alarms. Um, And what's going on right now is because of a multitude, a myriad of reasons. I would say most of it is driven by the pandemic, but I'll go back to what I've been saying for 18 months. The pandemic just acted as an accelerant for the good and for the bad. So that was fascinating. What else did I want to get to here? Um, Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato, um, look, anything that she can do to keep clean and sober, her California sober, good for her. We don't need her falling off the wagon because that girl is not many more of those from potentially being in a place where we don't even want to think about or talk about. I read the headline. I'm like, you you have to be kidding me. I want to I, I wanna hear her out. And I want you to hear her out. Demi Lovato explains why they don't use the term aliens for extraterrestrials. I guess she has some kind of show uh, unidentified with Demi Lovato. So uh, she's got a hobby. And Demi, invite me on the show. We're, We're on the eve of arguably the most famous person in Star Trek history going to the stars tomorrow morning. Demi, invite me on the shows. I love space nerd stuff. Um... I think we have to stop calling them aliens because aliens is a derogatory term for anything. That's why I like to call them ETs. It's a four-part docu-series on Peacock that came out in September. It's her and her best friend and their other friend talk about extraterrestrial life and UFOs. Get some expert help. Yo, I get this. 
Because when we say aliens, yes, we think of little green men, but we also think of illegal aliens. And maybe for the last, what, four years, um, we've been yelled at that we've got to get the illegals, aliens, out of our country. Um, So I see how others have appropriated and twisted that word into something evil and derogatory. So I get what she's going at here. However, you've heard me say before, it's not up to me to decide what offends you. Please take my intent into play, but I can't tell you that such and such word shouldn't offend you. You know this. This is, this is like a, a tenant of my life. In this case, we can't actually prove this because there are no outer space beings here that we know of where we can go, hey, does the word alien offend you? Look, these people who are trying to get into this country or that country, some really nasty people call them aliens in a pejorative way. Are you offended if we call you aliens? And then the antenna go up, and who knows? Maybe we we call them aliens, and that brings us to the annihilation of civilization. Or maybe Mr. Alien, Mr. Klingon, Romulan, Gorn, Pick your favorite Star Trek alien. Whose would mine be? Wow. Borg, the Borg, the Borg, just so menacing. So menacing. Um, Pick your favorite Star Trek alien, and they're like, you know what? When you call me an extraterrestrial, I'm offended. I hated that E.T. movie. Everything about that movie, it offended me. Call me an alien. So, just an underlining here of one. Let Demi do whatever she can enjoy so that she can stay as clean and sober as she wants to so she does not fall off the wagon. And two, we do not get to tell other people, especially those who are the target or those who are aggrieved or offended, we don't get to tell them what, what should make them feel good or bad or how bad they should feel. Speaking of people who have done that, there was no reason to bring up John Gruden yesterday because it was simply a very thoughtless and probably a very bad racial stereotype and trope towards the black community. And it was just the one. And um, even through yesterday, John Gruden uh, coached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a Super Bowl many years ago, then went on to coach... No, he coached the Raiders first, went to the Buccaneers, didn't really win much besides that, but he had an incredibly exuberant and over-the-top personality. So ESPN wanted to make him, after he left coaching, ESPN wanted to make him the 21st century John Madden, the analyst who is over-the-top. And for my money, they wanted to make him the 21st century John Madden. And I guess 30-year-old Eric was a lot different from 10-year-old Eric when it came to what I found interesting and helpful in football analysis. John Madden was larger than life than all those catchphrases in the video game. Um, as I got older and I wanted to really learn more about a game that I never played, um, I wanted more technical things rather than John Gruden's excitement and enthusiasm and boom this and bam that and his face turning red and his excitement and his overall, his just childhood joy for the game. It wasn't for me. So I've just stated wasn't a fan. But even uh, when he was flirting with potentially going back to to coaching before the Raiders in whatever it was, 2018 or 19, I also, aside from his, my disinterest in him as as an, an announcer, was like, 
Yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but he didn't win that much. Like, we're not talking the greatest coach in the history of the game. He was a good coach. Let's not think he walks on water or can bring alien civilization together. Whatever, he was back with the Raiders. Uh, long story short, so back in 2011 was this initial email with the black stereotype, and he said uh, the leader of the Player Association had like uh, lips like Michelin tires. Awful. So I'm going through the whole week, and I'm like... He said he didn't ever, he, he checked all the boxes. I don't have a racial, I don't have a racist bone in my body, blah, blah. There's not an answer, but I, all this stuff. I'm like, okay. So I'm, this is not like, I don't know, Christopher Columbus, who cannot defend one's actions because they're long dead. I remember back home in Philadelphia, they removed a statue of somebody who had some, I guess, um, had two kind of thoughts towards some pretty awful things. Back in World War II, they took that statue down. But these people are dead, so they can't defend themselves. So it is very hard to hold the trial. In this case, John Gruden is still very much with us. With us so much so that the rest of those emails, and this was an NFL investigation for the Washington football team who had been mismanaged and misrun, and run actually like a fraternity for a long, long time, and did bad things to a lot of people, mostly, mostly and very sadly, women. 650,000 emails were poured through by an NFL or an investigator for the NFL, and that's where this Michelin Tires comment came from. And then last night, as I was getting ready to go to bed, more comments came out. You know how, uh, myself included, but I, we have, people have said, I'm, I'm not, like, I don't hate such and such. I hate everybody equally. When it comes to John Gruden, he actually lived up to that. Um, as I heard a radio host put it very eloquently and accurately today, these were not offhand comments, Dave Chappelle jokes. These were not one-to-one text messages with inappropriate gifts. And look, we all have things that we don't want to be out in, in the public. We keep that with our closest, most dearest friends. John Gruden was sending this from probably his personal personal email account to someone with an at NFL.com email address, who is also in, in the middle of a lot of awful things, Bruce Allen. So, yeah, John Gruden, let's see, offended black people. He offended women, talking about how women shouldn't be referees. Uh, he offended gays with a slur towards the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, and he also offended gays by saying something along the lines that the commissioner should have been should not have been pushing the Rams or anybody else to draft Michael Sam to be the first out openly gay player in the NFL. I mean, he's just a, a horrific Islamophobia crack at at checking every single box. It's awful. It's disgusting. And for a second, I was thinking, you know what? Maybe before all the stuff last night came out, I'm thinking, you know what? Let people who have played for him and work closely with him get as many witnesses as you want to line up. If you want to get a thousand people to speak on behalf of him of all different colors of the people that we believe he aggrieved, mostly black people. There, the current Monday Night Football announcer, um, Lewis Riddick, had a tweet that said he was he was shocked, and he will call something what it is. So clearly, he didn't know that. John Gruden was saying this, not just back in 2011, but this went on for seven years. Because you remember the Michael Sam stuff was in 2014, female officials a little bit later on. He was calling out the NFL in one way or another for um, continuing allowing 
certain players to kneel during the anthem, which was just a couple of years ago. So he was a hateful prick for seven or eight years. Good riddance. And um, not that they are the same offenses, but I think Urban Meyer, perhaps he didn't learn his lesson that the spotlight is much brighter in the NFL and there are a microscopic amount of people who will protect you Unlike in college football, where they will close ranks and the university will protect you because you win a lot of football games and make a lot of people rich. That ain't going to happen in the NFL. Not that he did the same things, but I think he's still a pretty horrible person. I hope he goes next. Last thing, there was an article on uh, WTOL.com last night. Bass Pro Shops was hiring. Look, everybody's hiring. I guess Bass Pro Shops just sent out a press release to TOL, and they're like, we'll run with it. Now, I'm not blaming Bass here, but the TOL story... Hang on, I must pull it up. Bass Pro Shops in Rossford looking to hire for nearly 50 jobs. Um, part and full-time avail- part and full-time positions available. A hiring day will be held tomorrow and Thursday. You can go online and apply here. Benefits include competitive wages, which, as you know, we've said before, everything is relative and subjective. Competitive to what? We'll come back to that. Holiday and vacation pay, health, dental, and life insurance programs, and merchandise discounts. Now, this is a good perk, up to 45% off. Um, so if you want to work a place where you're going to get big discounts and you shop a lot, that sounds like a good spot. So I went to the website, and I searched pretty intensely here. There are not 50 jobs at the Rossford location at Bass Pro Shops. There are 23, 18 part-time, 5 full-time, 21 regular, 2 Seasonal. Um, if you want to hire people, and we've talked about this, and we'll continue to talk about it because there are still places that are short-staffed and can't find employees. Alex said this, I think, even before the hiring issues happened. She's like, I don't know how much I'm going to make. And now I wholeheartedly um, align with that. None of this competitive wages bullshit. You should know how much you're going to make so you can measure, okay, so I'll make a little bit less at Bass Pro Shops, but I'm going to get some big discounts okay, I'm going to make more at this job. I might not like it as much, but I'll take some of that money that I like and I'll go spend it at Bass Pro Shops. These places that are hiring have to be because it is so competitive. There has never been, at least in my lifetime, that I can remember as a professional adult where so many places are fighting to hire the same person. Every perk, every benefit, every cent matters. And I swear to God, if you're not 100% transparent, like if you say, we're now hiring full and part-time positions, benefits from day one, we're going to pay, we're going to take care of your premium for health insurance. We're going to take care of your dental, your vision. We're going to enroll you in 401k. You're not going to have to wait 30 days from day one. But if you look at the really fine print of the 37 openings, one is full-time that gets all those things. Everybody else is part-time. You're hourly. That's it. Um, be as forthcoming and as transparent as you can be when it comes to hiring. That will lead you. That will that will save everybody the time. You from hiring somebody and onboarding them and them realizing 30 days later this ain't for them. Save everybody the trouble. Yourself as an employer and the employee. Be 100% transparent from the very outset. So nobody is wasting anybody's time in this climate where the competition for good employees even for bad employees is cutthroat and intense um as long as uh we made this happen 
Here's my good friend Janet Amid. Hi, how are you? Uh, actually, so actually, I wasn't doing very well. I had a, a funk of a couple of days, and then yeah. I got the highest compliment I could get from a listener. Do you want to take any stab as to what that compliment might be? Um, that you are real and open with people, and that you are a good listener. That's a good compliment. Um, on the radio show is a little different. I don't know if anybody could could offer that, but it's close. And for the sake of time here, I'll tell you. Uh, she had won some tickets, and then I was about to hang up with her, and she took a second to tell me and thank me for all the great local info that I pass along on the show to let people know what's oh, happening here. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So she was thanking you for all the information that you provide to all your listeners. Yes. Yes. Well, you're good. And uh, what I think is really amazing is you deal a lot with the bipolar issues, things like that, which I think is really to your credit, too, <clears throat> because I think you're very real to some of the listeners. And I think that if I were to say anything complimentary about you, it would be that you there's no pretense with you. You're not a politician. You're a you're a true blue, honest Let's put it out there, type of person. Yeah, very authentic. Because um, very authentic, very much so. I'm not, definitely. I'm not super funny. I can't be that mean. Um, my life, I know you're not mean at all. My life is Definitely not that. We have coffee, then you get a little bit, <laughs> you know, my, finicky. My, did, did you get all that information I told you about this good with Mercury going direct on the 18th well, coming up? This is why I wanted to make sure we connected today. Hopefully, all your appointments went well, and you can explain yeah, that. They did. You can explain that long paragraph of this cosmic catastrophe we're floating through. We have through had a cosmic catastrophe for a while because Jupiter. Saturn, Uranus, all these planetary influences have been retrograde. And Mercury went retrograde on the 26th of September, the day of my event, by the way, that night, which was a mess, which I'll tell you about. It was a good, it was a good you know, outpour of people coming in, but there was a lot of bickering around you know, with people communicating and things like that. That's another story. But um, September 26th, Mercury went retrograde, and Jupiter was retrograde already along with Saturn. And all these planets now go into, um, well, Saturn has already gone direct the 10th. Mercury will go direct on the 18th of October, and also Jupiter will go direct on the 18th of October, which is wonderful. So we've had more, we're going to have more stability. Look at all the business and commerce issues with finances and things like that. People have been a wreck since July 28 of 2021. It's been chaotic. So it's better now. Uh, yep, yepper. Pe- people need it. So who are these people? Say it again. People, uh, people need some things to just calm down. I mean, if there was like one, if the, the, the straw shouldn't break the camel's back, but we're all different. There are some people. I know who, that totally. There, there are some people who are completely fed up with summer lingering forever and ever. Now, I like it. It keeps me in a in a positive mood. But some people just want to pick apples in fifty eight degree weather, and it ain't happening, and they're just all fed up. Oh, I know. I agree. I try to stay positive no matter what. I mean, I can tell from some of the listeners that are readers and people that, you know, talk to me, people that come into my office, everybody has been a wreck. So, I mean, I just think things are going to shift a little bit and hopefully it's going to change things around. And some of your listeners will probably get that message as well. 
Well, we could all use a nice little turn. Uh, we'll uh, we'll pivot here. We'll uh, we'll leave all that cosmic chaos behind us. We'll get our yes. fifty-four degree fall temperatures, and we will yes. zoom into Halloween and Thanksgiving and the holidays. We'll it's going to be a lot better coming up. Skate through now, that. You were you had somebody um, asking about her relationship with her boyfriend. She's four thirteen ninety, and her significant other is seven one ninety two. So she's finally ready to settle in. And they're they're not. From what I could tell, Jenny is not on the same page as her guy. They seem to have different outlooks on what they look at, relationship-wise, partnership-wise. She is um, at a point in her life where she's saying, "I've been independent all this time. I'm. I, I want my space. I love my autonomy, self-containment. But now she's ready to settle in. But I see her boyfriend as a little bit." or partner, husband, I'm not sure what he is, is a little more on the lack of motivation side. So I don't see this person really having a lot of motivation. I see him being very sensitive, but having a lot of personal issues that relate to family. I just think that they're not on the same page. His delivery with her, he's expressive. Her delivery with him, she needs to work on how she communicates with him. They've had a rough three years, so hopefully that's going to ease up for both of them. But he is a sensitive person, so I do see in time he will come around. And I want to mention this. Hopefully she'll hear this. She went through her adult cycle way back in December 2017 through 2020. She, he is going through his adult cycle now. So now it's like where he's moving ahead and coming around with his adult cycle. You know, you've heard me, uh, Eric, you've heard me talk about Saturn returns between the age of 27 to 30, that sort of thing. Well, that's where he is at now. So that's why he's maturing. So she needs to give him a little bit of break, a little bit of a break, cut him some slack. Hopefully he'll come around. Now that she's ready, give him time to be ready. Okay. That's fair advice. Good. And how about Mason Is it um, wants to propose to his boyfriend who is born under Pisces? Um, but his family wants him to wait till the holidays. You know what? This is for Mason out there. I would wait till after October 18 when Mercury goes direct. Don't even worry about it now. I just think right now might not be the best time to do it. And I agree with the family. I like November. I do not like December. So do it around Thanksgiving. That's my suggestion. Do not do it around Christmas because Venus will be retrograde between December 18, 2021 through the end of January 2022. So you don't want to do it around that time. Do it around the month of November, Thanksgiving, when everybody's eating turkey. Really? Yeah. Like not even wait till... He's a Scorpio. Not even wait till dessert? He'll be in his element at that time. Like right in between, do you want dark meat or white meat? And go, I want his meat. (laughs) Quit that. That's dirty. Um, Well, not really. I'm sure that's what he's saying. How have you been? So I feel, you know, I like their charts together. They have a lot of compatibility. Um, I love their energies. And I feel like they have a lot of really good stuff. I really love the boyfriend. I think he is fun. He's social. He likes surprises. So I really see him as somebody that Mason's significant other would want that excitement. You know, he would want to have that, you know, that sort of like fervor along with everything else. Mason has to work on his delivery, by the way. He's born under Scorpio, Halloween. So I wouldn't, I, I, I don't think I would propose on Halloween. Well, maybe. That's not a bad time because that's, you know, that's around his birthday. So that might be a good 
time to do it too. But I would probably, if it were me, I would suggest definitely around Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, Mercury goes direct. If anybody would like to get a hold of me, you know my number, 419-882-5510. And hopefully we'll talk next week, huh? I will field all your calls. If you want to get in touch with Janet Amid, you come to me first. That's right. You Definitely. No question. Um, how is your health? How is your relationship? Tell me something personal about your life. I feel good, but you know what? I have, um, I, I feel pretty good, and I feel that I am to get past this laryngitis issue that I've had, but I'm doing okay. My clients are so funny when they walk in, they have their mask, they hear me talk. They're like, oh my God, should I be worried? I say, no, I don't have the COVID. I believe in the vaccine, and I don't have COVID. I just have laryngitis. I've had laryngitis for about a month, freaking month. Can you believe it? It's I, been, and you can tell my voice is getting better now. You sound fine but to last me. Last week, I could hardly even talk. You do sound fine to me. And you're feeling better? Yes, good. I feel good. And I miss you. I miss so you, too. So hopefully we'll do coffee oh, soon. guess what? I'm allowed to have guests back in the studio. When? Um, I just have to, they have to be approved. And I, I'm not bringing idiots in here. Although sometimes I have you, a vaccine card. Yeah, I, I, you yeah, know, I I've, show, I've been vaccinated. Got to show proof of vaccine. You got to fill out a, a waiver, and I'm allowed to have guests again. <gasps> Let me know. I'll do it. I will. We'll uh, we'll work it out. Um, and I'm going to text you with something anyway, so I have to let you know something. Uh, so maybe after I text you, you might say, "I don't know if I want Janet back," but we'll we'll talk. You're with child. I'm not with child. Okay. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> you could still have a baby at 40. Probably. Probably. All right. Well, shoot me a text. Thanks. It's good to hear your voice. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, I want to be back in the studio. Yes. All right. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, sweetie.